Hello, this is Sharon Steitler, the bird chick, and I am here with non-birding Bill. Bonsoir. Uh, as all part of our goal to podcast and tell you what what are people talking about in the in the birding world these days. We really need to uh, Patreon this. I feel like I should be being paid for this. If you want to start the Patreon, okay, I'm down to clown. All right, because people seem to <laughs> like we were, and I'm sure you're going to mention this. Are you going to mention the Audubon thing? Which Audubon thing? <laughs> I do a lot with Audubon. I I'll write take that for as them. a no. The thing where this podcast was mentioned as one of the ten birding podcasts you should be listening to. That's because are there more than ten birding podcasts? Burn. No, I'm not serious. Wasn't one of them like a chicken podcast? I love it's that. easy to be in a top ten. So we list. got mentioned in this article, and the article that the author uh, and I'm sorry I didn't write down their name. I think it's mentioned the birdist. That, mentioned that you should listen to is from more than a year ago. <laughs> Well, in fairness, we did go on hiatus. We've been really skating since then. So yeah, no, right. but no, I think the guy that's the birdist on Twitter wrote that. All right, I'll, I'll look into uh, setting up a Patreon for this nonsense that we do twice, uh, twice a month. So I was just like giving Laura Erickson advice about yes. she needs to do a Patreon. Yes, she does, and and she puts out way more content than I yes. do. And I mean, let's come on, come on, let's 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 get someone to take. I hope you appreciate that I am at the level of maturity that I let the puts out more than I do joke. <laughs> Slide. You cannot do that to Laura Erickson. She is a well-respected <laughs> I know, that's why I did that. Anyway, actually, it would help quite a bit because there's this rumor that I want to start another podcast. There's not a rumor. I see you working on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's way more work than I thought it was going to be, but it's, I think it's going to be cool. But the other thing is, like, I have to do these other things that pay bills. <clears throat> right. And if I can well, stop doing those other things, then I can do this podcast. And then there's also the podcast I'm going to do where I'm making fun of this podcast... That you're going to do. So, it's going to be the commentary that I do. No, you can't. No, this is this is just me. I, I'm... But, like, I'm not even putting any... It's just going to be fart noises. <laughs> well, <laughs> that you can sync up to the other That's half the birds out there. Yeah, that's exactly. a, yeah, somebody had a thing the other day. It was like... they, they birds posted... fart? You know, that's a question for Laura Erickson. I'm pretty sure she did her master's work on that. No, I'm not trying to be facetious. I, I thought she did something Well, no, like, I know that birds, like, you know... Like, they, goat poop sucker in their, uh, Yeah, they're... they're their poop and their urea is like that's the white and the dark that you see in bird poop. I yeah, yeah, know. but well, the white is the urine. But they eat a lot of they eat a lot of fruit. I Let's think put they it that fart, way. Fart, but the thing is, is that there's no butt cheek there, so sure. it's not like you're going to get. So, that. like, if you see like swallows like flying around and suddenly they go straight, <laughs> is, that, is that what's? So, folks, if you give to us on Patreon, this is the kind of quality scientific programming <laughs> that you will be promoting. Sharon's face just turned. <laughs> Right. No, I was just thinking of, I don't think it's gas, <laughs> but sometimes owls will unleash a particular type of excrement. Sure. And when it hits the floor, it's like the rabbit and his cecum pellets. Sure. It's like, whoa, that's that's aromatic. That's So you're saying the reason why uh, owls will occasionally uh, flush from their roost is like, oh man, I don't want to be around here. <laughs> not me, not me. <laughs> yeah, owls don't care at all. Owls... <laughs> I also care about whether or not you get close enough at all. It's just like, oh, crap, I've got gas. I've, I've, I've got to, like, live up to my... Now I want to take a video of red-winged blackbirds when they're doing their display, and, like, they puff out their shoulders and just that... <laughs> well, you know, it, it, so basically what we need, because there's that guy who has that picture of the red-winged blackbird, you know, singing in the dawn, and it's oh, yeah, cold, yeah, yeah, and you yeah. can see the, the warm air curling right. out of its beak yeah. as it's singing. We need the opposite. So, I will so pay someone if, money if you get a picture of a bird. If someone is actually an ornithologist, a biologist out there, do birds fart? 
I'm pretty sure they do. All right. And and I'm pretty sure Laura Erickson is the person to answer this. All right. Let's uh, let's find out. Let's call her right now. We, we, we probably her. could, and she'd probably be down. <laughs> Actually, or I can just Google Laura Erickson <laughs> bird fart. I cannot believe I'm doing this to a well-respected... The weird part is, is when you type that in, Laura Erickson bird fart just automatically fills in right Actually, away. Actually, it did. I'm not <laughs> did lying. Not. It did. It First did thing not. to come up, Laura's birding blog question of the day, do birds fart, right. from April 5th, 2007. <laughs> oh, wow. So we're like a decade behind this research. Do you want to know what the second thing Please. that comes up? Uh, so right underneath this is, Dr. Ruth of Ornithology, do birds fart? <laughs> I don't want to know where that's going. Uh, maybe we should just let the mystery remain. What stories do... Okay, do you have anything that you wanted to talk about before we get into the stories? Uh, I want to talk about bird farts now. Oh. Okay, we took a little break there. We did, to, to research the answer. Sure. <clears throat> I think you're going to be surprised by the findings. Lay it on me. Um, so I was correct in that she studied goat suckers. So there was like a goat sucker <laughs> gas. So, you know... Uh, noting that nighthawks have extremely odiferous droppings because mixed with the fecal matter and urates are also, uh, sure. oh, I don't even, some kind of contents that I can read but well, not pronounce. Bugs. I assume there's got to be a lot of like nasty stuff in bugs. While studying them, I spent many, many hours in extremely close quarters with the nighthawks, paying an inordinate amount of attention to the sounds and smells, and never once detected anything resembling a fart. So basically, Laura Erickson says, no, birds don't fart. And the reason why is mammalian intestines are very long. Our digestion is slow. And fecal contents can remain in the intestines for quite a while. You're really attracted to me right now, aren't you? So the nitrogen doesn't have time to build up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Birds get rid of any gases as quickly as they do other material parts in their gut. So so you have it from... uh, Ornithologist Laura Erickson. Thank you, Laura Erickson. Yeah. This uh, is exactly why you need to have a Patreon. This is exactly why. She could do, it's, she's kind of like, I think, the birds farting. You know, like when people think birds farting. I mean, because when you mentioned that, I immediately thought of Laura Erickson. It's like with me and duck penises. I need someone to go through and isolate that sentence. When you said birds farting, I thought of Laura Erickson and like put that in a dance. Like, like I need someone to to remix that as a as a dance club. I single. bet this is probably her most popular blog post that has gotten probably. the most traffic. Oh, she probably I, should have monetized absolutely. it years ago. Yeah. But but anyway, anyway. <laughs> no one is gonna, gonna get so many emails. Why do you hate Laura Erickson? We don't I hate don't. Laura Erickson. How can I hate someone that, that like has the definitive <laughs> answer on bird farts? And it, and she all bases it around goat suckers. I mean, right. what's not to love about right. that? Anyway, uh, Laura Erickson, support her all you can. Send her some money, yo. Get, get her Don't to produce. Don't send her bird farts, please. In a jar. <gasps> that would be a brilliant way to make money on Etsy. The fuck are you talking about? <laughs> bird farts in a jar? No. Didn't somebody ter- sell that on you, eBay? They, it, it was like a ghost, fart in a... Yeah, it was like a ghost fart in a jar. No, that's no, a terrible idea. No, it was in a Pringles idea. can. Yeah. Oh my God, that is a terrible idea. You created something terrible. No one's going to know if you actually... That did not actually... exist before just this moment when you created that, you terrible person. No, no, no. You could totally do this and then you could have oh like my God. northern perula farts. And then you don't fill it with anything. You know, it's like the, the whole placebo thing. You know, the person who wrote that Audubon article is going to get called into the office tomorrow. So you recommended this podcast. I want to <laughs> play a little something for you here. Uh, Johnson, sit down. Have a seat. No, what's going to happen is... Um... <laughs> Did we really include, like, some writing from the woman who, like, 
waxed on about bird farts. Waxed rhapsodic, I believe, was the phrase you were looking for. <laughs> so we like... have some actual stories to talk to rather than my nonsense? Oh. <laughs> Let's see. I'm trying to think of which way to go because... <laughs> How do you segue <laughs> from bird farts? <laughs> All right, this is the last Bird Chick podcast ever. Uh, you wish. Okay, here here we go. Let's talk about some uh, owls. Okay. Some barred owls, specifically. Right. Um, who give no ducks? These birds, you know, we're, we're arguing all the time about people getting too close. These are some very, very urban barred owls. Okay. And they are hanging out in, where is this? I think this is Canada. In Victoria. Okay. And they're nesting in downtown Victoria. They're hunting oh, down there. And there's a library. And apparently there's this gigantic statue. And you can press a button and it makes the statue kind of move uh-huh. around. There's video footage of this barred owl just hanging out. I'm like, oh, look at that. I'm moving. Okay. So is it roosting there or is it nesting It's, it's roosting slash Because barred okay. owls are weird. You okay. know, they, they can be active during the day. That's interesting. And, and, it's, and I think of all the owl species that we have out there, I think barred owls in particular just... They just don't care. Right. I mean, think about the times like we've biked underneath them. Mm-hmm. Remember that time you stopped? Well, it's and... interesting because I mean, remember the thing about peregrines when they were trying to reintroduce them was like, oh, well, like, like city, like skyscrapers. That's mm-hmm. like the cliffs that they. So we can put these peregrines in like these skyscrapers, which are packed with people, but because the people don't interact with them, mm-hmm. and because the birds are up high and they can eat pigeons and stuff, this is a great it is uh, environment. But what do barred owl? Where do barred owls? In nature, where do they hang out? I typically think of them uh, along uh, floodplain forest type. Uh, mm. I almost always find them next That's to a water. Weird. Well, think about we've seen them at Neil's house. He's got that creek. Sure, sure, sure. Um, when I, I remember, like this first got burned into my brain when doing uh, the ivory bill surveys in Arkansas because they were just everywhere. What are they hunting? Everything. Oh, it's crazy. So we have a barred owl in our neighborhood. Right. I, I, I have a post that's about to go up about it because I'm pretty sure it ate our screech owl. I'm pretty sure it did, yeah, which is yeah. a bummer. But so, I mean, they eat small rodents and small birds. Well, I guess so rats in this rats. In urban environment. So so I took apart a pellet uh-huh. uh, of the barred owl. Spoiler alert for the post. Squirrels, about, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, gray squirrel. And the crazy thing about the barred owl that's in our neighborhood mm-hmm. is I noticed it one night. Well, the first night I noticed it was when you were doing movies on the roof and they flew mm-hmm. over. But yeah, yeah, yeah. there was that. one night there was a gray squirrel just angry at dusk. Mm-hmm. And uh, I suddenly saw something going after it. And I was like, is that a Cooper's hawk this late? And then I realized, no, that's a barred owl. And and it wasn't successful. But then like a week later, I found its pellet. Mm-hmm. And there is a gray squirrel skull sure. inside it. And like, you're not as heavy as a great horned well, that's, owl. I mean, that's, the, They've that's... been documented going after mussels. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. That's sort of interesting that if animals, like these charismatic fauna, like if they figure out that, oh, humans aren't going to hunt me, because there's not a lot of, I suppose there's crows and things like that, but there's not, in an urban environment, there's not a lot of predators except for cats, and there's not... Well, Tony Herzl from the Minnesota Ornithologist Union was telling me once about hearing this crazy racket in the woods, and he went to the source of the noise, and found a barred owl eating a Cooper's hawk. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that's pretty amazing to go after a Cooper's hawk. And then remember the night I was coming home from sure. Whole Foods on the bike trail, yeah. and an owl like went to attack the grocery bag. It was a barred owl. Yeah, well, I'm just saying if these if these animals, I don't want to say figured out because I don't know if they have that level of reasoning, but like if they move into this area and nothing attacks them, they will presumably come back to this area to hunt if they can find. Food. I think it I th- also reminds me of Futurama, where a thousand years oh, in the yeah, future, yeah, yeah. owls have become. Uh, 
become the rats. Owls are a pest. Like yeah. owls will go into your garbage if, if you don't keep it closed. That, which may happen, but I think barred owls kind of see us as like I don't know deer. Yeah. You know, it's just oh, these are these things we have to navigate mm-hmm. around. I, hopefully, I won't run into one. Yeah, because I'm trying to figure out like because and again, we've had this debate many times about owls being spooked off their nests by humans mm-hmm. uh, getting too close to them. But if these animals have figured out that, oh, I can sit on this moving statue, this statue that moves at crazy times. Yeah, uh, and, and, and people are like there's... standing underneath me and taking pictures. Do owls scavenge? Like if humans like leave a hot dog like sitting out on the street, will an owl eat I don't that? think they go for a hot dog. Okay. I, I don't think like roadkill is above an owl. Okay. But, um, oh my gosh, that reminds me of a crazy thing that I saw when mm-hmm. I was in Colorado at the uh, Lamar Bird Festival. Sure. So there were northern harriers all over the place. And uh, I was out with this woman named Debbie and we were driving. And this northern harrier was in the middle of a road and it looked like it was trying to pick something up. Mm-hmm. And then we slowed down because we didn't want to hit it. But the, eventually it was like, oh, car too close, I'm going to go. And I'm like, what is it going after? So we got out to look at whatever. Because it was what it was trying to pick up off the road was super flat and you couldn't just right, pick right, up right, off right, the road. Right, right. It was a dead screech owl. Oh, wow. It was it was super flat. I was like, buddy, you're not going to get any okay. food off this. So, I mean, so the owls are, I mean, I, I know owls are hunters and they like, yeah. hunt by hearing things and like the movement and stuff like that. So presumably if these owls come in and at night in these urban areas, there's not a lot of people around and there's no... But barred owls will hunt during the day too. I mean, okay. they're, they're, barred I'm owls just are strange. I mean, like, they'll call during the day. That's an interesting adaptation if they've, if... If just by chance or some genetic mutation or whatever, this animal came into this environment. I guess it's the same thing as, like, as we've talked about, like, European birds coming Mm -hmm. over here. And the sparrow's like, oh, hey, I can thrive and survive over here in this environment because whatever's fucking happening there. I've just learned how to navigate around the humans. That's cool. I like owls. I would. would, Well, we have barred owls in my park. There's one very famous pair in uh, a dog park. And, I mean... Mm -hmm they are nesting in the middle of this dog park and yeah. you can like let your dog run. And I mean, they see every single dog and people are standing underneath right. them and then they're just like... Mm, but they yeah. also like, they know that, well, they know, quote unquote, that dogs and humans aren't going to climb the tree to come after them. No, no, no. It's just kind of like the it's dogs. It's like, yeah, running. the only thing that predates an owl, I would assume, would be another... I mean, like, birds will mob them to drive them away, but then they have only have to... If a red tail found an yeah. owl active during the day, yeah. it'd certainly try to kill it and yeah. eat it. Uh, I mean... And Eagle, like, I'm sure would eat it. It's interesting. Like, so, well, I guess, are there a lot of red tails in, like, I know that there are red tails along the highway, mm-hmm. but in urban, like, within the city itself. Oh, you sweet summer child. Yeah. Yeah, red tails are all over. I, yeah. I would argue that, well, I don't know if I'd argue that. I feel like Cooper's hawks are the, the most common, but yeah, they're no, a bit I see more them all secretive. The time along the highway, because they're on well, the Well, those are red tails that you see yeah, on the highway. Okay. But no, red tails are super common, and I mean, you look, there's there are red tails that that hunt around people in Central Park and downtown New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, red tails and barred owls. That's that's what's going to take right. over the urban areas. Uh, bald eagles are staking their claim. Anyone who thinks that bald eagles are sensitive in mm-hmm. these precious little snowflakes we need to protect, they are precious. Well, let's just say bald eagles are beautiful, but they don't care. I mean, right. we, they are literally nesting in downtown Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. They they don't care. They are not as sensitive as. Not now that they've right. gotten cool. used to us. Oh, but I will say with this article, because I've mentioned screech owls se- several times. Uh, so they're talking about in uh, Victoria about how barred owls are kind of moving in. Uh, because of the increase in barred owls, uh, it may be coming at the expense of another owl. The endangered coastal 
Western screech owl. It was once a common sight in oh, Victoria, God. and their numbers have fallen, basically because barred owls might be eating them. Okay. So, anywho, barred owls. <sighs> Reminds me of the whole spotted owl thing. We've talked about this before. Which thing about the spotted owl? That they, like, when I, in the 80s, when, I, when we were growing up, it's like, oh, we're going to, all the, the spotted owls are all going to be wiped out by whatever development this is. And then you told me, like, what, 15 years ago? Yeah, spotted owls were never endangered. They might have been endangered in this area, but they're not an endangered species. So there's, so this is where it gets complicated. It's like in this particular area, yeah, they're going away. Mm-hmm. It's a problem, and and one of the problems we're discovering right. is that was not the story we were sold. No, 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 no. But no, there's if you know where to find them, they're there. Mm-hmm. The habitat is there. They're in other places. It right. They may have been a little politicized. Yes. They are kind of disappearing now, though, because mm. barred owls are kind of moving in. <laughs> what was the thing? What was, it? was that Was that what was eating the barn owls when they were trying to reintroduce no, them? No, it's great horned owls. Great horned owls ate the barn owls. Pretty okay. much everything eats barn owls. Barn yeah. owls in the wild don't... They're like rabbits. Mm. Uh, they breed like crazy. Really? Yeah, okay. yeah. Like several young and one after the another, uh, after another. But they rarely live past three years mm. in the wild. You know, in captivity. It's too bad. They're a cool-looking owl. They're cool. But, I mean, they're using the rabbit strategy. I'm just going to, like, get as much of my DNA right. out there. I'm just going to, like, just, I'm just going to, like, pump out as much young as I can. All right. What's our next story? I need a drink before we talk about the next story. God damn it. Okay. This is going to be depressing, folks. Settle in. Okay. Lay it on me. So, one of the most amazing places I've ever been to, and someplace I was relatively close to Your talking you into. husband's arms. Yes, my husband's arms are closing. We need to start a GoFundMe. Help me. I'm being suffocated. No, um, so if you've ever visited Honduras, uh, you chances are good that you went to Pico Benito National Park, and oh, yeah. chances are also equally good that you stayed at the lodge and spa at Pico Benito. Or if you're just someone who's a birder, you perhaps followed James Adams on uh, the many social medias and mm-hmm. all his posts about uh, toucans and mm-hmm. katingas and snakes. Three-part special on HBO starring... Oh, no, wait, that's John Adams. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. no, no, no. Let's keep it serious. Let's keep it serious. So we got unfortunate news a couple weeks ago in a a Facebook post by him saying, yeah, it's done. La John Pica Benito is done. It's closing. I'm losing my job. The... And it, it all seemed rather baffling because this is a lodge that's been around for quite some time, seemed to have steady traffic, was uh, part pretty much any birding tour that you went on if it went to Honduras, it went to the lodge at Pico Benito. Uh, James was an amazing man. Well, I shouldn't say was. He's not dead. No. Sure. James is an amazing man. If One of my all-time favorite things was when I went to Honduras and, you know, he he's very into reptiles. One of the sure. things that I love, uh, much in the same way, like when I do the digiscoping stuff where it's like I show you the habitat and then I go down on the scope and show you something, right. he will like just be walking in a habitat as he's walking and then take you around a log and down a curve and like, oh, hey, here's this really interesting snake that's, that's mm-hmm. in here. And you get yeah. to see the snake and the glory of its uh, habitat, trying to hide from people. And he's, he's very respectful. <laughs> but... It's like snakes trying to hide from. Look at this snake. He doesn't say look at the snake. He he very. I mean, if you watch these videos, it's really cool. It's like I'm I'm in the woods. 
oh, here's a log. I'm going to this log. I'm going around the log. I'm going down. I'm going under the log. And then, like, there's this gorgeous copperhead that's kind of coiled up in there. And it's just, sure. it's it's not attacking anyone. And then he backs off slowly. And it, he does a really great job of showing the habitat. And one of the things that I've always loved, actually, if I were the sort of writer that wrote fiction, mm-hmm. I would base a character on him, especially, sure. like, in a birder vest ripper. Because he's he knows so much stuff. He's an attractive guy, very I like charismatic. You said vest ripper instead of bodice ripper. No self-respecting birder is going to be wearing a bodice out when they're out birding. And as much as I like to wear a corset from time to time, I'm not going to wear. But you hate vests. That was the part that uh, caught my attention. Anyway, so the the lodge is the is lodge closing. is closing. So if you want to get the full story and the impact, I recommend another podcast. <laughs> I do too. I recommend any other podcast. Bill Thompson, a.k.a. BT3, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, owner, uh, editor of Birdwatcher's Digest. Um, He has a couple of different podcasts, and one of them is called This Birding Life. Sidebar, someone from public radio once took me aside and was like, what's the deal with this dude? I was like, what do you mean? Why is he calling his podcast This Birding Life? Is he, I was like, I'm pretty sure he's a fan of This American Life. Right. And it was, but, but no. I'm not going to say who this was in public radio, but sure. someone's like, we've we've been researching this guy. What's up with him? Why is he like, I was like, just just let it go, man. Just let oh, it go. It's God. just a birding you podcast. Know, just I let know, it go. <laughs> I know a few people in public radio, and they are so paranoid is not the word I'm looking for. It's, yeah, anyway. I like being a guest on public radio. Right. I would never want to work for public no, radio. No, no, no. I no, love no, being no, a no. guest on public yeah. radio. But... And that ended her career on public radio. <laughs> but anyway, I just thought it was hilarious. I was like, no. The rest of the story. The rest. Oh, God. So, oh, we should totally. What was that guy's name that did Paul that? Harvey. We should totally do like a Paul Harvey podcast sometime. That's a terrible idea. This is Sharon Steitler. Good day. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you listen to Paul Harvey. Do you have actually use- <laughs> okay, so anyway, very serious story. Right. Love the lodge. At the lodge is closing. The lodge is closing. And also, I All have right. to like throw out this thing. Like, if you're around James Adams and you're like, ew, snakes, gross, eh, James would just immediately counter in this deadpan face, how many people have hurt you in your life? And then you question everything. And he's like, how many snakes have hurt you? <laughs> it's like, see, you've, you've been hurt by people and you still hang around people. But snakes, snakes never hurt you, but, but, but you want to avoid it. snake them. once stole my identity. <laughs> That wasn't that wasn't. There was the a coral fault. snake that was going around running up credit card bills. It would have been way more funny if you'd done an Asian species of snake since our identities have been stolen thanks to oh, the OPM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Um, I didn't want to be racist. But coral snake is not racist. <laughs> is it? It's a Texas snake. Oh. Wait, Texas is not a race. <laughs> it's a central American. As much snake. as they would like to believe, Texas is not a race. <laughs> but if you want to listen to a very well thought out and sure. wonderful podcast, <laughs> don't edited. listen to this one. Yeah. Um, Why would anyone who listens to this podcast want to listen to a well thought out and edited podcast? I'm always podcast? amazed by how many people listen to this podcast <laughs> and like places where I see it referenced. Like someone even was like, "Stop making fun of them." They just started making podcasts again. So just, 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 just this is what this is my commute, man. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. <laughs> if you have anything bad to say about, please email me. Don't email me. I'm not going to read it. <laughs> Especially if you don't like my voice. Why are you listening to the podcast? 
podcast. Didn't we have like it had to be like a hundred episodes ago? Someone like didn't like me on this podcast, and I was like, yeah, I agree with you. I would like it's like Bill, not burning Bill needs to be off the podcast. Like I completely yeah, agree I, with yeah, you. That's true. That's true. That's yeah. Why are you listening? Why are you listening? Start your own. So podcast. anyway, this lodge is closed. This, lo- this amazing lodge is closing. But if you want to listen to the reasons this behind amazing, it, this amazing lodge life. This amazing lodge life. Um, and you can and because Bill Thompson was down at Pico Benito when the announcement was made, so right. happened to catch James Adams at a moment. The thing that's really hard about all of this is that this lodge basically is the entry point to Pico Benito National Park. If you want to visit Pico Benito National Park, you have to go through this lodge. The lodge has been there for, what, 20 years at least? And so they've brought a lot of species back that weren't there because of deforestation, uh, uh, because of hunting. And also, let me, let me say that this is Honduras. This is not necessarily... Honduras is a country where there are people just trying to survive. So trying to maintain a national park where people are trying to eke out a living Mm -hmm. and living in tarp houses. It's a balance. But James did a lot with the community, um, did a lot of stuff with schools as far as like having field trips and art workshops there. Um, One thing that really impressed me with him was uh, the guide that we had that was taking us around was telling me about starting his own guiding business separate Mm -hmm. from Pico Benito. And so like one night after having a drink, I was like, oh, what do you think about that? You're going to lose this guy. And he's like, look, if I hire a guide and within two years he's not starting his own business, I I have failed in my job. So he worked (laughs) really hard to empower everyone who worked for him to go for something bigger, to teach them. And if this lodge is closed down, if no one buys it, then chances are it's it's going to be dismantled. And mm. then everyone's going to have access to this park, not necessarily legal, and then start doing things to the park that weren't intended for it to be this resource that it is. So if someone wants to buy it, it's $4 million. And when the announcement was first made, there were all these things like, is there some kind of investment group? Can this group do this? Can this group do that? And there was even like a GoFundMe bandied around. And it was like, and people have been asking me, it's like, where's the GoFundMe? I will give money because this is, this is not only is this a breeding spot for Central American birds, a lot of the birds that you see in your backyard during spring migration, heck, even birds that nest, in your yard they spend the winter down in honduras and at pico benito so it's 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 an amazing spot as far as i know nothing is happening maybe an investor group might step in james is taking some time for himself because he's had this job for a long time and so it's 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 you know he's lost his identity i shouldn't say when you've been let go from something you love, mm-hmm. it's hard. I completely yeah. because this has happened to me. I understand. I understand yep. completely. So he's taking some time for himself. He doesn't understand how to do GoFundMe's. If someone's thinking of doing a GoFundMe and doesn't know what to do, I'm interested in helping. Right. I don't know if I can spearhead this. Keep in mind, this is an international financial issue. So yeah. this is not the same as and. No, I, no, no, I hear I you. I love GoFundMe. I have contributed to people who need, you know, medical help and other financial help. It's a wonderful or project. Someone, or Kickstarter who wants but to if, start a business. if you're talking about buying a $4 million lodge in another country, this is not simply an issue of clicking on something. There are larger issues. Well, there. and the thing that people are asking me is like, well, can you start this? And it's like, I'm happy to help, but it's like, no. well... If I start this, 
who gets the money? Right. I don't want to own this lodge. Right. Does, and then it's like, are we giving the money to James? Does James want to own this lodge? Right. So I, it'd be great if there's some kind of investors group out there that wants to invest in this yes. eco lodge. And if you yeah. want more of the story, listen to The Spurting Life. We're going to put a link to it. It's yep. episode number 78. Right. Check that out. Um, I hope something happens to it because it is it was one of the best lodges I've ever visited. Okay. What's our next story? I'm still on the depressing stuff. Well. Okay. All right, here we go, Bill. Here's one for you. Sperm race funds rare New Zealand bird survival. Maybe that's what right. we need to do to save Pico Benito. Have a bird sperm race. I, you're just throwing words at me. This is a sound cloud. I don't know. This what is you're a very about. New Zealand thing to okay. happen. I'm sure it is. Conservationists in New Zealand have come up with a novel way of raising money for one of the country's lesser known endangered bird species. <laughs> Send us your sperm. Well, not quite. They're okay. holding a race to see which male bird which male stitch bird or he he has the fastest sperm. <laughs> Great. The great hee hee sperm race right. will pit samples from birds collected. Starring uh, Sam Neill. Sam, no, <laughs> he's a he's a kiwi. No, I'm sorry, I was going with uh, Tony Curtis and uh, Jack Lemon. This is an Operation Petticoat. No, 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 no. The great race. Come on. <gasps> oh, actually, if you're going to go Tony Curtis and Jack Lemon, you could also go um, something like it hot. You could. But that was not involving a race, except away from gangsters. Or towards Marilyn Monroe. Well, anyway. So anyway, so they're having a fundraiser. It's the great hee-hee sperm race. (laughs) The nice part about that is those words don't exist on Google before this. And hee-hee is spelled H-I-H-I. Or hi-hi. Great hi-hi sperm race. Hi. 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 Uh, We'll pit samples from birds collected from four different... Hee colonies, and donors can place ten New Zealand dollars on which of the hundred and twenty-eight samples spins. We've swims been doing this podcast for what ten years now. This is the most fucked up thing you have ever told oh, me. Oh, it about. cannot be. We've kind of have talked about something way more fucked up. I than this. can't imagine. No, because you talk about your movies. Uh, but a bing. Anywho, maybe so when like you see things happening, like right now we're in the midst of Champions of the Flyway, where like you're supposed to go. <laughs> Go to the Hula You have $2,000 and a cart and a thermos of coffee, and you have to visit as many sexual countries as you can. Wait, that's, I'm no. sorry, that's from, uh, that's no. from, that's from Meatballs. Stop, stop. That is not, we, we can't talk about that. No, no. Uh, but anyway, so instead of like doing these things where we're paying money to send teams of birders to the Middle East or to the Rio Grande Valley or to Cape May for the World Series sperm. of Birding. We should no. We're not spending the money. We're just like we're we're, we're placing bets. We're placing legal conservation right, based so, bets okay, so, on bird sperm. Uh, let's get into the basics. Like, so they're how much money are they trying to raise? Um, it, I don't see a, okay. a dollar amount. How do here. you okay? So how do you how do you invest money in this? Like, what is uh, presumably you do not get this money back if your sperm wins. No, but there there are lots of links where you can send your New Zealand dollars. Sure. It's the idea of Dr. Helen Taylor and her colleagues at okay. the University of Otago who study inbreeding in small populations of bird spe- species Say, through the medium of sperm quality. That sounds like a hilarious uh, way to spend your so time. So maybe that's what we should do. So, like, okay, so you, so you bet on these things. Are there any prizes? Do you get, or is it just bragging rights? Is there anything? I'm sure there are some prizes. Okay. I'm sure like there's some like... My new- sperm won. 
God, could you imagine like my winning he he, an autographed my he he sperm one second edition Sibley, and it's like, oh my gosh, this this guy doesn't. Thank you. I won it from a bird sperm contest. It's exactly what David Sibley wants. <laughs> Is for people to say. It's all he talks about. I want somebody won my. Every time guy. I call him on the phone. You know what? Hey, if you're having a a bird sperm contest to raise money, <laughs> I used to play bass in bird sperm contests. I'll give you a copy of City Birds, Country Birds. No, I will give you a copy of a thousand. Oh, oh, oh! I'm looking at our book stash. I'll give you a copy of Disapproving Rabbits. All right. So if you donate to this contest, no, 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 no. If you have a bird sperm contest and you need some prizes, oh, okay. I will give you some Neil Gaiman honey. No, this is completely insane because you do not want to donate to anything that says bird sperm con. You don't want to invite people to create bird sperm contests. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Because I okay. think no, this is going to save so much money because you're not sending teams I'm, of birders around the world. Want this recorded? Listeners, you are here. You are my witness. I am not going to put this package together. I am not going to print out the envelope, the envelope to mail this prize off. I am not having anything. You are my witnesses. I have nothing to do with this. This is all on Sharon. This is all well and good until like one morning when I'm really stressed. I'm like, oh my god, I'm supposed to send out this And then book. I'm going to play this. I'm going to have this. <laughs> I'm going to make this my custom ringtone for you. <laughs> Bird sperm contest. I am not helping your bird sperm contest. Bird sperm contest. It's like bird sperm contest. Bird sperm contest. All right. Bobby Newport. So, we have a link oh, if people want to contribute to this bird sperm for, I think this is great. I would totally give money to this GoFundMe. Bird sperm GoFundMe. Great. Great. This is the life I've chosen. Living my best life. All right, what else you got for me? Oh, man, this is exactly what Cornell Lab of Ornithology wants me to segue to. I'm sure it is. Lay it on me. It's migration time. And normally this is the time of year when I tell you, hey, check BirdCast because it's a Facebook thing you can follow. And the downside is on Facebook, if somebody hasn't been updating when it's not migration, it falls off the page. So you need to, like, go to the actual BirdCast website and be like, hey, subscribe, check in. Anyway, BirdCast is this really cool website that's been around for a few years where it will kind of give you predictions for what to expect for bird migration this week. You know, where is it going to happen? Who's going to have the heaviest things? Well, because they have so much data and they've had grant money and time to experiment and young people to come up with algorithms. Uh, <laughs> oh, those young people always coming up with their algorithms and their hula hoops and skateboards. And their quizzes to steal our identification. Sure. Uh, anyway, um, they actually have live migration forecast maps this sure. year. And it's really cool because you can kind of go to it. I mean, a lot of us have used the University of Wisconsin-Madison's website to kind of watch bird migration. But uh, they're experimenting with real-time animated maps. So Go check out BirdCast uh, for night migration. See what's going on. Uh, they have they have kind of like a color range, much in the same way that we look at precipitation. And you can kind of look at colors to see, you know, is it is it low numbers of birds migrating over? Is it high? And actually just looking at it for what they did for the night of the 26th, it's actually pretty, or 26th, 27th. They, they, it, it's, it's actually quite intriguing, and I'm very interested to see where it goes. So make sure to get BirdCast in your feeds for North American bird migration. And... Use that to figure out whether or not you need to call in sick to work the next day. <laughs> what? That's fantastic. What? Uh, I can't make it into work. The birds are migrating. It's totally right. true. I was 
going to talk about? Oh, oh, we're going to talk about one more thing, and this is what we're closing the podcast. Are you out closing with. on a depressing thing? I don't think it's depressing. You don't think it's depressing. Well, I think it's depressing. Like I saw the pained expression that crossed your face, listeners. You know, as I have said many times, I don't want to end on a depressing story. That's all I ask in this podcast. Well, I already used the bird sperm story. Oh God! We, all right. Well, I'll tell you what. If this how is, many legs does the dog have? If left this at the is end depressing, this we'll go back to bird farts. All right. Um. All right. So climate change is something that yes. is. Whether you believe in it or not, things are happening. Right. Storms are happening. So it's 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 something that you can get a lot of research for. And God bless them. A lot of places try to write about it. And and, and I get asked it a lot when I'm on radio and TV and stuff. It's like, is this a sign of climate change? Might be. Might not be. Tough to say at this point. Sometimes birds move. This bird has been moving north for a while. Maybe right. that, that, that was... So anyway, I... I know birds are an indicator species, and I know there are things that we can see and be like, hey, this might actually be a climate change thing. So it's the year of the bird, and a lot of publications are going around to celebrate year of the bird because it's the celebration of the 100th anniversary of the Migratory Bird Treaty, and I think this is fantastic. I love anything that gets people to notice birds more. And then an article came out today, and it's getting shared, and, and, and I have issues with it both as... Someone who may or may not work for the National Park Service, I can neither confirm nor deny that because mm-hmm. they're getting very strict about what people can say on social media sure. if they work for the Park Service. Um, also, as someone who knows birds. So it's this whole thing about a study that came out about um, how different birds are going to be affected about by climate change and how important national park sites are going to become because of climate change and birds that may have to shift sure. their range. And I have issues with that right away because it's like, well, national parks have a very specific mission. A national park is like, we're going to preserve this area, but the primary goal for preserving this area is for human enjoyment. That's true. National parks, as much as we love them, at the end of the day, they're managed for the public first, Mm -hmm. anything else. National wildlife refuges, Mm -hmm. they're under the Department of the Interior, just like the National Park Service. National wildlife refuge, complete opposite. We are managing it for the resource. People are second. Right. So so this article's thread is like, oh, national parks are going to become way more important because birds are going to need that habitat. And I'm like, right. well, actually, national wildlife refuges are going to be more important. Mm-hmm. Then the, the article's thrust is like, well, because we're going to have this habitat here and it's cool and we're maintaining it for this one specific thing, you know, we're going to have to maintain it for birds. And then the issue that I have is that, well... If everybody started planting native plants in their yard, then the birds would also rely on the yards as a as well as the national sure. park. And then the thing that really kind of threw me over the edge and made me want to throw my laptop against the wall was how they were using Yellowstone National Park because dozens of different birds, including northern pintails, wild turkeys, Franklin's gulls, stellar jays, and cedars waxwings, make homes for themselves in Yellowstone National Park. And, like, these birds may have nowhere else to go. And I'm just like, I'm so angry right now because right. waxwings are always going to have places to go if people know where to plant fruit. Mm-hmm. And, and and 
I have yet to meet one single solitary person that goes to Yellowstone National Park specifically for birding. <laughs> I know a lot of birds like, eh, I have absolutely no desire no, to go to Yellowstone National Park. Yeah. If, if people go there, they want to see the, the megafauna. The megafauna. Well, they're, they're going for the very specific Yellowstone view. Mm-hmm. And, and let me just say, Yellowstone is amazing. You should right. see it. It's beautiful. It has incredible right. stuff there. There's, there's, there's all kinds of mammals there. Are you someone who it's, has ever gone specifically to Yellowstone to birds for right. birds? And did you see something there? It gets into, I don't know. I, and I'm, I don't know. If, I don't know at this point if I know what I'm talking about. It gets into this issue I'll of, let you know. we don't know what we're talking about in terms of nature. Like Agreed. we don't like, obviously habit, like removing habitat is bad for certain species pollution is bad for humans and certain species and things like that but like we don't know how we the point i want to make and as always i'm going to go to a joke is i was reading the uh faq about the super volcano that's under oh god we should link to that that's under um yellowstone yellowstone and it's like how much damage would this cause it would decimate the entire north american continent where could i go to be safe there is no place you could go to be safe. Uh, we're going to link really, to this. But it's, and basically the point you get, you get to the point where it's like, you can tell the person who was writing this was like, you fucking idiot. It's like, but, but really, where could I go to be safe? There is no, it's like, how could we stop this? It is beyond the capability of human technology to stop I can neither this. confirm nor deny <laughs> that I have ever answered the general question line <laughs> for any national park sure. site. But I sympathize because it's like, oh, yeah, this is exactly how I've had to answer some. It's like if a super volcano explodes, it is going to affect the entire. It's like, how will this affect my family's trip to Disney World? You cannot. (laughs) Yeah, we'll we'll link to this FAQ because it's epic. It's beautiful. It's It's... very federal government. (laughs) I I understand. And please, when you read this, just add, you fucking idiot, to the end of every line. (laughs) But, I mean, it's one of those things because it's on TLC all the time. But I just want to say. I understand climate yeah. change is an issue. Yes, Things are going to change. Is. Don't panic about national parks and national right. parks because like at the end of the day national parks our primary object I shouldn't say our the primary objective of the National Park Service mm-hmm. is to manage the resource for people enjoyment. To make you care. To make you care. But I mean also for a National Park Service site they're, definitely, they're going to try and get rid of yeah. invasive species and things yeah. like that. But it, it's it's people first. Yeah. These park sites are losing money. I mean, if you mm. look at the budget and what national parks get versus what the IRS gets or some sure. other things, the, the, that's shrinking all the time. And there's, there's less and less people. If you're legit concerned about climate change and what's going to happen to Cedar Waxwings or Stellar's Jays, then you can make a difference. And I go back to my friend, Michelle Kalantari, who works for the Nature Conservancy. And she's like, mm-hmm. if everybody in a city just put in one native tree or shrub or one native mm-hmm. plant, that would do way more than just, oh, well, holy hell, we're going to have to rely on National yeah. Park Service to be. So yeah. you're going to see these articles going around because it's Year of the Bird. And I completely understand everybody's going to be writing these articles because, like, let's find a way to get National park services relevant and maybe they'll get some more money and climate change and birds Mm -hmm. this article is nonsense this article i see what you tried to do and i applaud for you for trying to help but if you're reading this article and like 
I need to help par national parks. Yes, you should help national parks. You should help. The, you should help national wildlife refuges. They all need your help. But I mean, really, if you want to do something, as you're looking to your planting season this spring, as 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 I am looking right. for our container garden that we maintain for our pet rabbit, <laughs> I just want to I just want to acknowledge that we keep a container garden on the roof of our building where no rabbit can go. Right. Specifically for our rabbit and, right. and for ourselves because I love fried green tomatoes. But I'm also looking sure. at the possibility of having this kind of like subversive native pollinator breeding right. site in there too and working with my apartment building to do that. Okay. But plant native stuff. That that you planting native stuff, you planting yes. a maple tree that might attract insects during spring migration that could right. help a bay-breasted warbler on its way north is mm -hmm. going to do way more than you reading this article and freaking out about cedar waxwings and national park sites all right this is bird chick podcast number 233 if you have any what? questions for sharon you can talk to her on twitter she is at bird chick you can email her sharon at birdchick.com you can find her on facebook where you are was it the actual bird chick the real bird there chick? is a facebook page called bird chick and i, and I like yeah. to fun stuff like what happens when a bald eagle that has hollow bones tries to have a loon for dinner that has solid bones and please interact and ask her questions about bird farts we will be back if you do not like the podcast email bill yes non-birding no, bill just type bill in your email and send it bill at gmail.com and, and you'll get a you'll get a bounce back that says this is not a valid email that that means i got it that's Who's my secret bill at gmail.com i wonder bill gates probably i don't know do don't not like mean bill don't, gates don't, with don't a annoy gmail. don't annoy bill at gmail.com all right ta-ta